This week we are wrapping up uh, a four-part uh, series that we've been working our way through uh, on church government and church authority. Um, as, a, as a congregation, um, early in January, we are going to be uh, electing uh, officers, elders, and deacons uh, for the first time in our church. And so we've taken a few weeks to look at what the scriptures say about uh, church authority. Uh, remember, the, as a review, what we've seen so far is Christ is the only Lord and King and head of his church. And he has delegated authority uh, in his church to his officers. Those officers are elders and deacons. We looked at the roles of those two officers, the office of elder and the office of deacon. The office of elder being an office of oversight and of, and of, of teaching uh, and shepherding of God's people. The office of deacon being one of, of, of service and one of mercy. We looked at the qualifications of those offices, seeing that not, uh, not everyone is qualified to serve in the office of elder and deacon, but uh, particular men who fulfill the qualifications that are laid out both in, uh, in 1 Timothy and, and Titus. Uh, this week, what we want to look at is what are the roles of members in the context of the church, the roles and responsibilities that Christ calls and has for his members in the context of his people under his rule in relationship to those whom he has delegated authority. So we're going to be looking at a couple of uh, passages this morning um, in uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. And 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 and 13. Uh, we'll start in the, with reading the Hebrews passage and then skip over to the 1 Thessalonians passage. Uh, so if you uh, want to follow along there in uh, one of the black Bibles there in your seats, uh, you'll find these passages on page 1010 and on page 988. So we'll stop, start in the, uh, the letter to the, the Hebrews Chapter 13, verse 17. Hear the word of the, the Lord. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, uh, for your word. Jesus, we thank you for uh, your ongoing shepherding and care of your people and how you do that uh, through your word, through your spirit, and through your officers in the context of your church. We pray this morning that you would uh, open up our hearts to, to hear you speaking to us from your word apply the scriptures 
that we would be conformed to your purposes, to your design, that we would submit to you as our shepherd and as our king. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, as we look at, at these, uh, these passages this morning, uh, it's going to be important that, uh, that we remember that this has come in the context of several other sermons. Um, if you are, have missed some of those or maybe you're visiting here for the first time, uh, we have covered in previous weeks uh, the, the high uh, calling and great responsibility and requirement that God has for the elders and deacons of his church. Um, the Lord has said strong things to them, and we even see, although we're not going to focus uh, much on it in, uh, this morning, but even here, this warning that these officers will have to answer before the Lord for how they exercise this authority. Um, so if you haven't uh, listened to those, uh, it would be good. You can go on our website and go back and listen to the other, uh, other sermons that are, are a part of what we've been, uh, been doing here. But here this morning, we're wanting to focus on what the scriptures have to say to the members of the church. And just as there were some strong and difficult things that Christ had to say to the leaders, there are some strong and, and straight statements that Jesus has through his apostles speaking to his people. Uh, notice the first thing that we, we see here is that the members of Christ's church, their role, their responsibility is to obey and submit to these leaders. Look in Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. That's, that can be hard to hear. There, there's something about us as, uh, as, as humans that we don't like to listen to other people telling us what to do. We don't like our God telling us what to do. We don't, definitely don't like other people telling us what to do. Then you, you add on top of that just a, a part of our, our, that's flowing out of our sin. But then you bring in this factor of Americans. And as Americans, uh, it becomes an even greater stumbling block sometimes uh, of this idea of, of whatever we think of, of freedom or, or liberty, personal autonomy, that it can be hard to obey, to submit, to trust. Especially uh, when uh, we, we can rightly say there's uh, distortions and abuses of authority that may lead to our, our suspicions. Uh, but sometimes, as, uh, if we're, we're honest with ourselves, sometimes any authority we're just suspicious of in general. Where does that come from? Does that flow out of our, of our, of our sin? What is going on in our, our hearts? Remember, the authority that we're talking about here is the authority that has been delegated by Christ to his officers. And Jesus says, as that authority is being exercised in the context of my church, I am calling you, members of my flock, to obey and submit to the officers of my church. 
I don't want to dismiss pain and hurt that people have experienced. This can be abused by elders. We've already seen that warning against that from Peter. Do not dominate. Do not be authoritarian. Do not domineer over God's people. But when the authority that Christ has given to his officers is rightly administered and done appropriately, the call to the sheep is to obedience and submission. Now, sometimes we can be okay with suggestions. Advice, maybe. But here, in this context, the author of the book of Hebrews, and even as we're, we're seeing what, what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, is we're not just talking about suggestions, we're talking about commands, admonishments. People who are calling you to follow and obey and submit to Christ. And Jesus is saying you must obey and follow them. Uh, many times, uh, for uh, I think it can be a, a misapplication of this, uh, the, the doctrine of the priesthood of all believers, that for some reason in the context of the church, we can begin to view everybody as a peer. And even viewing our, our leaders in the context of the church as just another brother and sister in Christ. Jesus? Jesus is the one king and head. So I'm not going to listen to you and follow you. I want you to think about this, this uh, example. Um, think about as a, as, as a parent, you have, uh, have called a, a babysitter to look after your kids for the night as you, you go out on, uh, on the town. And your, your kids are, let's say, 10 and under, and the, the babysitter that you call to come over to your house is 16. Not an adult, still a kid. But you instruct and tell your children, this is the babysitter. Mommy and Daddy has, uh, has called and has asked them uh, to, to look after and care for you tonight. They know and you know what is expected of you and what we have asked you to do and what the babysitter asks you to do and implementing our rules, we want you to follow what the babysitter says. Now, kids who are here, maybe you've experienced this before, the babysitter's over at your house. Tell me how your parents would respond if this is what message they got when they came back. Well, you know what? I tried to get the kids to do what you asked them to do, cleaning up after dinner, eating, getting ready for bed, and they said, you're not my mama. You're not my daddy. You're just another kid. Why do I need to listen to you? How are your parents going to respond when they come back home? Not well. But because you, you see, in that context, your parents had delegated authority to somebody that you might have viewed as a peer, but they've entrusted this person to care for you and to implement the rules that your parents had put down. And so as you disobeyed this babysitter, you were actually going against the intentions and the commands of your parents. You see, in this context, we, 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 we hear this warning to the leaders of the church that you will be held accountable 
for how you shepherd God's people. But recognize and know this, God's people also will be held accountable to how you follow Christ and how he is leading and shepherding his church. Notice the language that is used in 1 Thessalonians. Your leaders are over you in the Lord. Jesus is the one who has put them in leadership and headship over you. Although we may elect in the context of our church, it is not your election, but what we recognize is going on there is affirming God's calling and placing of particular elders and deacons in the context of the church. Jesus is the one who has placed these men over us. And we need to recognize that they are over us in the Lord, and we owe submission to them as unto him, because he is our chief shepherd and our king. To disobey elders and deacons who are rightly carrying out the authority entrusted to them by Jesus, to disobey them was to disobey Christ. Is that not what it says here? Obey and submit to those who are over you. This can, can be hard. Oh, we need to begin to recognize and see this now because notice the, the context of, of, of when it's happening. Look at, over at what it says in, in Hebrews. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. If we shift out of the, the, the babysitting illustration to, to the, the illustration that God uses of shepherding, what does it look like for a shepherd to keep watch over sheep? Sometimes it's, it's just the basics of giving them water, giving them food, leading them into pasture, making sure the gate's closed. There's not a whole lot of conflict, not a, a whole lot of correction that's going on, but sometimes keeping involves pulling out the shepherd hook and pulling a sheep that's straying back into the fold. Come this way. You're not going the right way. Come back and stay in our grass. Don't eat the neighbor's buttercups. But also notice what it says in 1 Thessalonians of what may come up and be involved in this. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you, who are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. Again, this idea of correction may sometimes come up as the word of God is being proclaimed. As uh, your life is beginning to, to be lived not in conformity to Christ and his word, but beginning to live your own way, that there may be a time where the elders need to admonish and correct your way of living, your life, your actions, your speech, for the glory of Christ and for your benefit and his honor. And Paul is saying uh, here in Thessalonians, and the author of the book of Hebrews is saying, in those contexts, we need to be already preparing ourselves in the times where there's not direct uh, admonition coming on, but just in general obeying and submitting to these leaders, 
Because there will be a, a, a time may come where in the moment you are being called to do something you don't want to do. Isn't that the nature of when correction happens? Isn't that what sometimes may occur when you're trying to be kept by your shepherd in his flock, by his under-shepherds? And Paul is saying, and the author of Hebrews is saying, Jesus is saying, obey and submit to and follow my shepherd. As a congregation, uh, when we elect elders and deacons, you will take vows. Listen to the, the vow that you take when these men are ordained. Do you, members of this church, acknowledge and receive this brother as a ruling elder or deacon? And do you promise to yield him all that honor, encouragement, and obedience in the Lord to which his office, according to the word of God, and the constitution of this church entitles him. You will take vows. In fact, each of you, as you've joined this church, you've taken vows to submit to the government and discipline of this church. This is part of what it involves. This is Christ's design for his church. His way to care for you is he has placed you under these leaders and he is calling you to obey and submit to them. That's your responsibility. That is your role. Now, there's context where maybe you're already used to doing things like this in our, our culture. Those of you who are in the, the military, you know what it's like to uh, submit to or obey a, a commander, superior officer, because you're, you're worried about the, the consequences that might come in play. You might not like the guy or the girl. You might not want to do what they're calling you to do, but you know you just got to, you have to do it because there's the consequences that could, you could experience from that. Or uh, if, you're, uh, if, if you're on a team, you don't want to go against the coach because that might mean your uh, playing time is limited. You're stuck on the, on the bench. So you grit it out. Maybe you grumble and complain at, at other times, but on the field, you, you just do your duty because you don't want to sit on the, the sidelines. Or you're afraid of, uh, of how your grade might suffer if you, uh, you speak out against the, the, the teacher. Is, is it that kind of, uh, of obedience and submission that the scriptures are calling to us to? Just bare and mere duty? just uh, begrudgingly going through on the outside, saying, all right, I'm kind of going through the motions, but inside there's something else going on? Notice, notice what First Thessalonians says. It's talking about the kind of obedience and submission that's being called to. Verse 12, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Respect them. Esteem them very highly. In other words, appreciate them. 
in the Greek, what that, what that looks like is it's dark chocolate. 70% at least would be very appreciative. Uh, actually, it doesn't say that. It's 80%. No. What it's calling for here is a, a heart. That as you look upon those leaders over the context of your church, the obedience that is being given to them isn't just one that's mere outward conformity, begrudging, but one that's done with an attitude and a posture of respect and high esteem. Notice how, how it e even goes as Paul, Paul words it and says that, that you're to esteem them very highly in love. This completely moves it out of the context of commander, of coach, of teacher. We are in the household of God. Who is the chief shepherd? Jesus. How does he shepherd his flock? He loves them. He cares for them. The way that the shepherds are supposed to be caring for the flock is in love and compassion and sacrifice. And what does Jesus expect also of the members? Respect, high esteem, valuing, loving, loving those who Christ has placed over you for your care. Jesus is saying that the, 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 the view and the heart attitude and response that you should have towards these elders and deacons who are over you in the Lord, in your local church, is one of esteem, respect, valuing them, loving them. In the, the rise of this uh, celebrity pastor phenomenon and how easy it is to, to find people who may be great speakers online or just anybody who has uh, produced a, a blog or can type on Facebook or, or Twitter or put out a YouTube video. It's easy to find people who have a following, who members in local churches esteem and highly value the teaching of folks outside of the church. Now, not to take away from the gifts of other people and their insight and how God has blessed others through their ministry, but notice what Paul says here. We ask you to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Paul's saying there, there's something different about how you are to respond to those who are in your midst, who are locally laboring among you, who minister to you, who serve you, who shepherd you, who comfort you, who cry with you who call you out when you're straying. You've been entrusted to them locally. The person on the internet, miles away, they're not going to have to answer to God for how they've shepherded you. You've not been entrusted to them. You have been entrusted to these local elders that when ordained, and these deacons, when ordained and set over the context of our church, they are laboring among you. They are caring for you. Do you have a, a particular and special respect 
and honor and value of their care for you, of their instruction for you, of their discipleship for you, of their correction of you. Paul is saying this is what the the scriptures call us to. This is going to be important because what he's saying is where we need to, to begin to move is that we are at peace among one another. That What does that look like in the context of our church? It means that, that as our elders and deacons are exercising their call to shepherd and serve the people of God, that when something comes up that maybe they say or do that we wonder about, we don't immediately attack. We don't grumble. We don't complain. We don't gossip and begin to breed division among each other. Can you believe what he said? I wonder why he said that. Or why they're doing that. If I was in charge, I wouldn't be doing that. No. Respect. Highly esteem. Honor those who are over you in the Lord. In love. What does it look like to submit in love? We don't impugn motives. That's common in our culture now. Anybody who disagrees with you, you begin to vilify. Anybody who says something contrary to you, you begin to perceive and, and, and think about what you know what their motives are and begin to, 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 to attack and tear them down. The scriptures say no. Especially those who are over you in the Lord. Be more curious than you are certain, Lindsay says in our house all the time. What does that mean? Really, it just means love. Give them the benefit of the doubt. If you have a question about what they've said, don't assume their motives. Go and talk with them. That's what it means to love. As we move forward with our elders and deacons coming into the context of our church, even now, do do you have questions about my character, about my teaching? What about once we have elders and deacons? If you begin to have questions about the teaching that the elders are doing or the ministry that the deacons are doing, if if you have questions about the way that we're leading or exercising authority in our church, beginning to think, or I think they might be beginning to domineer over us. You're questioning the decisions that are there. What it looks like to submit and to highly esteem and love is to come and talk to us first. Come and bring your questions to the elder or the deacon that you first thought made the offense or the question. The response isn't given like you think. Then you come to all the elders collectively. If then they don't respond correctly, I will give you the contact information for our presbytery so you can have the other elders step in. Notice, at no point, we're just following Matthew 18, at no point are we called to attack. Are we called to, to, to question and challenge? But in love, we go and we seek understanding. And if something is found to be outside of and out of accord with Scripture, then we seek the biblical means to write it. So, as, as we move forward, if there are elders who are put in place, me as one of those elders in place, 
And you think because of our character or the way that we're exercising authority, you can't respect us, you can't obey to us, you can't submit to us because of these unbiblical things? Please, in love for us, seek us out. Seek out the presbytery. We want to be corrected. But also notice what the scriptures would call you to as well, to check your own heart. Are you really unable to respect and highly esteem us because of our character? Because of our decisions and our teaching? Or is that just masking idolatry and hard-heartedness deep in you? I acknowledge we're sinners. We will hurt you. We will make mistakes in leading this church. But know, too, you can be deceived as well. And as the focus this morning is on the members of the church, the call is when you find your heart struggling to respect and highly esteem the elders and deacons in the church, Jesus would call you to examine your own heart before him and ask him, am I pursuing peace? Do I value Christ's church and his instruction to me? Notice what Paul would say, or the author of Hebrews would say, is there's no need to make it any harder than it should be. Look at what he, look at what he says. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. You remember when the people of Israel were wandering in the wilderness? The Lord had set over them Moses and Aaron. It got to the point where the people really were tired of Moses and Aaron leading over them. Why are they the ones in charge? People began to grumble and complain against Moses, grumble and complain against the Lord. And it didn't go well for them. Their time in the wandering and on their way to the, to, to the promised land was, was miserable. It was hard and difficult for them. It was hard and difficult for Moses. It wasn't easy to begin with. They made it even harder and more difficult. I'll just let you know so that you're aware and you can be praying for me, for our elders and our deacons. It is a hard job. Notice the language that Paul uses is it's those who labor among you, not vacation. Contrary to some thoughts, we work more than just one day a week for one hour and 15 minutes. Your struggles, your fears, your concerns. We want to enter into that. Praying for you, counseling you, shepherding you. It's not, it's not easy. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Add into that groaning, grumbling, resistance, belligerence. Makes it even harder. We're entering into this calling because it's high and great. We long to love and serve Jesus. And because he loves you, we love you. And it is a joy, a joy to serve and care for you. But know that your response can, just, can, can lessen that joy and can make it groaning in it. 
why would Jesus structure it like this? To put elders and deacons over his, his church. <laughs> Notice what the, the author of Hebrews says. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. You see what the scriptures are saying? Jesus has structured the church in this way because he desires advantage for you. When you live outside of God's intentions and his instructions and his purposes, it doesn't go well. But when you do, you can experience the advantage that Christ has, that you would be shepherded and cared for, that you would be uh, fed so that you could mature and grow and be equipped to live, to honor Christ. Do you question Jesus' wisdom in structuring the church like this? Remember who your chief shepherd is. He suffered for you. He died for you. How much does he love you? How much does he want to make sure that you are protected and cared for and nourished and built up? He gave himself for you and he has delegated his care and his authority to shepherd you to these officers. Do you trust? your Savior and your King and know that He has your best interests in mind? Know that there may be a time that comes where in disobedience, in the midst of your disobedience, that the elders come to you. Now, when you're not rebelling, know this, we're seeking your advantage because Jesus is seeking your advantage. Where's the best place for you to be? Is it not in the loving and tender care and walking in obedience with your shepherd? That's what we're calling you to do. Is that not a joy? Is that not what you really want? Now, let's all of us begin to prepare. When Christ installs these officers, these elders and deacons over our church to be members who obey and submit to them. Not begrudgingly, but with respect, with high esteem, with love, knowing that they and our chief shepherd are seeking our advantage, our growth, our flourishing. It is God's grace that he's organized his church like this. And the men that Christ places over this church are the ones that he wants to shepherd and care for you. Love them. Pray for them. Follow them. May their service and care for you be a joy. A joy for them a joy for you, and bring praise and honor to our King. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your love.
of us. We thank you for the instruction of your word. If we had to come up with this stuff on our own, we'd make a wreck, a wreck of it. We thank you that you love us enough to give us this instruction, to give us your word, to give us your spirit. Guide us as a church that we would live in peace, that we would honor you, and that you would be glorified uh, through our, our officers and through our members. In Jesus' name, amen.